Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of the Uncharted Territory podcast. My name is Chad Olson, coming to you from Gilbert, Iowa, where tonight it is a lovely 50 degrees or so. But tomorrow, tomorrow, high wind warnings in Iowa. My children are getting out of school early at 1 o'clock because there's supposed to be 70 mile an hour winds tomorrow afternoon, which ranks as an EFC's or EFC. Sorry, this is some financial aid talk, folks. That's an EF zero for a tornado. Um, and with you know what happened over the weekend, um, you can't be too careful. So they're scared about the buses being out on the roads at four o'clock tomorrow when all this is supposed to be taking place. So uh, who knows what it's going to be like tomorrow? And certainly, we send all our, our best wishes and, and thoughts and prayers to everyone who's been affected by all of those uh, storms that happened over the weekend. And now let's get to the rest of the room and, and see what the the uh, other fellers on this chat have to say. Corals and Maplewood, Minnesota, what are you at? Well, our weather is, had pretty much has already gotten to that point you're describing. Uh, our schools let out early on Friday or some just up and canceled right away. So uh, probably got about probably got about nine inches altogether and, uh, you know, some icy roads there over the weekend. And yeah, I'm, I'm stuck at home with a cold for a couple of days, but thankfully I'm doing better, getting, getting there and should be back back to school and back to coaching soon. But uh, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here with you promoters and uh, to talk about our champions. Are you back to school? Like the uh, theme song agrees too? Um, yes. Um, our, our dance number isn't quite as polished just because it's icy outside, but we're working on it. We're working on it. And also because you don't have Adrian's Med in your corner, but that's a whole other story. No, we do. Time. We do. Oh, you do. You have yeah, Adrian's yeah. Med. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And now speaking of Adrian's Med, let's go to the Joe Buttafuco of the podcast, Tim Dalton. Hey, what? Oh, hey. All right, so Buffalo, New York, we uh, not a bad day, kind of partly cloudy today, but uh, it almost hit 50. We were up like 47, 48 degrees, and uh, we're, uh, we're we're looking at some 40s coming up and uh, probably not, not getting down below freezing for the next maybe week. So that, that's always good this time of year, so we're a little above normal, and they're saying on Thursday we might get to like 62, 63 degrees, so that might be... Uh, uh, an interesting development here weather-wise. So uh, no snow on the ground and everything's pretty pretty good in Buffalo, New York. All right, thank you, Tim. And now the squiggy to my lady, Stu Lowry. You know, I'm happier than a pig in slop to hear an Adrian's Med reference. I mean, to start off this podcast, that is absolutely fabulous. Corey, you have my uh, sympathies. You're playing Herc tonight. We'll see if we can pick you up there, buddy. Uh, as far as the weather here in Virginia, it was a balmy 65 degrees today or thereabouts. Tomorrow, more of the same. And then Friday, we might even touch 70 before a front comes through. I know it's insane. I, I really don't want, I, I want it nice and cold for Christmas. So here's hoping we get that weather. Uh, so it feels like really December here in the next week or so. Uh, then after the front comes through, it should, should get back to normal, which is usually 40s and lower 50s around here for December. Happy to be here with uh, this fine bunch discussing once again things uh, that we like to discuss. Discuss those things we will. Yeah, they said part of the issue tomorrow is that we have unseasonably warm temperatures and then these high winds and they said we might get thunderstorms and tornadoes in our area. So hopefully that's not the case. 
Um, before we get into our main event tonight, we're going to talk about what's new from Phil Singer Games. We had the announcement last week of Tasha Steels. Anybody? Nope. All right. Well, let's move along. I, 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 I don't know anything about her, but I know she doesn't weigh 197 pounds, like like it says on the internet. So the, you can't <laughs> always believe the internet. True that. True that. We, yeah. When we were looking over some of those cards, I, I saw 197 pounds and plus two power on a five foot four frame. And I'm like, something's not right here. Yeah. So yeah, the internet is wrong once again. And, 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 oh, go ahead, Stu. Sorry. I was just going to say good drawing and I'm sure it's another great, great addition uh, to those who like this particular genre of wrestling. So, and I, I don't mind this particular genre of wrestling. I just uh, don't know. I'm not familiar with these particular stars, but delighted to have her in the game. For this genre of wrestling, but I agree. Um, yeah, well, we, either when, one. When we were discussing this weight discrepancy, I, I said the funny thing is, like, most indie wrestling, and I guess I don't even know, I, I, I don't pay attention to WWE or AEW, but, like, with indie wrestling, you don't announce female weights. I still announce male weights, but the first time I ring announced, I asked somebody their weight, and they're like, we don't announce female weights. I'm like, okay, moving around. So there's a little inside for now. And then we've had some announcements. We have Pro Prime, uh, two out of the three Pro Prime characters. I guess I just spoiled that, that there are three. I don't know. I don't. I think that's common knowledge. PG-13. And um, then to, or last night we had Lanny Poffo. So, gentlemen, thoughts on PG-13 or Lanny Poffo? Corey Olson. Yeah, um, I'm really excited for PG-13. I like them um, when we did their black and white cards. I didn't get to see a lot of them in the USWA when they were in their prime, you know, saw them when they came to like WWF and WCW and ECW. And those are usually kind of short stays, but they were really a big part of that Memphis promotion at the end. They were some of the regular top stars. I think something like 15 time uh, tag team champs and just a huge part of those, those last days and a talented team, you know, they, you know, did a lot of brawling, but they had some cool double teams and stuff. And um, I didn't realize till this, second go through how often they use that hubcap so you'll kind of notice a difference with that and how that factors in on the on the new cards here so i'm excited for uh, to see how they play for people and uh yeah lanny poffo you know i just thought it made sense to kind of get him in as one of the last names since we've got angelo's got a card and macho man's got a card in color so might as well complete the poffo trio with uh with leaping lanny you know i did i did try to push for the uh landing in the the suit of armor but uh kind of got shot down there so but I, I and i think this is a really good drawing of landing i think this is uh one of the better ones overall i thought it turned out really nice so right let's see who else do we got tim dalton yeah i thought uh you know i thought i thought pg-13 was good uh nice to have them in there uh big tennessee team i saw them a little bit in smoky mountain when i went down there for fan week the one year and uh, they really surprised me. They, they weren't, uh, I, I didn't expect much out of them because I knew they were smaller guys, but, but they got in there and they, they went after it. So that's, um, but they, they were a good team. I liked them and glad to have them in the set. And Lanny Poffo, I know we, we kind of batted around the whole suit of armor thing, but figured it was just such a limited gimmick that, you know, even though we're doing guys with ties to memphis we're not just doing cards specifically that relate to their time in memphis so we didn't want to limit pafo to the uh the suit of iron armor gimmick there 
but yeah, glad to have both guys in. Thought the the drawings were uh, were good, so um, you know should be fun additions, and and uh, this is going to be a very popular set. All right, Stu Lowry, what do you think? Of these I'm guys? delighted. Well, I'm delighted to have Lanny Poffo because I do think it sets up the uh, possibility of an ICW uh, Memphis feud with the Poffo family uh, versus the Memphis wrestlers or the, the Memphis uh, core, if you will. I think that could be a lot of fun for promoters to run those matches. PG-13 was not a team with which I was familiar. I've become more familiar with them over time. And like Corey said, they were big. They are certainly big at the end of, of Memphis's uh, glory glory years, well, really at the, beyond that. But at the tail end of the Memphis promotion, they were uh, a big part of that main event, uh, a fun team. I've watched uh, enough of them as a, or over the years now to get some sense of them. And they certainly look like they were just a lot of fun for fans and that ever-present hubcap certainly played a played a role in their matches. So delighted to have them. They certainly helped round out the card and uh, good drawings to boot. So I think they're all great signings. Also excited to have those guys. I've always been a big Lanny Popo fan. Um, I mixed up his moveset a little bit from his prior black and white card. Did a little more research, found some information. Found a great match online with him against Tracy Smothers from the WMC TV studio, studios. Where the uh, either the top or the middle roll breaks about 30 seconds into the match. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, you can certainly, you know, if you want to go farther with the ICW feud, we, we have Bob Roop, we have Bob Orton Jr. from ICW. Um, you know, we have One Man Gang, you know, who's Crusher Bloomfield. And we do have somebody else from ICW signed, but we don't have a card for him yet. So maybe someday, folks. We'll get that guy in there or girl or guy or girl, whoever it is. Um, but yeah, there'll be a lot of cool things you can do with Lanny Papo. And I know some people were asking about, you know, they preferred he would have been the genius. Um, I think right now at this time, it works to have him in a more traditional Leap and Lanny gimmick because that is the one tied to Memphis as Tim said it's folks who have affiliation with Memphis but not certainly Memphis specific but obviously the genius would be non-Memphis specific so we'll get that genius card out there someday but for now you can enjoy Lee Delaney and PG-13 you know it's cool we have that connection with Wolfie D a former Champions of the Galaxy player uh, under his real name of, of Warren Wolf who read some results from him way back in the Club Galactica reviews so um I'm hoping that Travis Heckle will probably share this artwork with, with uh, Wolfie D and he'll get a kick out of that. All right. And just, you know, in further saga of the ringside companion, it continues to grow. That's all I'll say. Saga is an excellent word, Jed. Yes. Oh my God. I feel like we're <laughs> yes. freaking doing Lord of the Rings with this fucker. <laughs> I know. J.R.R. Tolkien's work was shorter. Yeah, it was. It was. So. Yeah, this is this has been a you know just 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 doing the first first run through just proofing that. Holy cow! This that is was approaching. A, that was this a nightmare. Is, it, this is approaching Tolstoy. So, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I feel like crime and punishment is going on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we'll get that second volume out too. We'll get that done quicker because we'll be able to turn around because a lot of work's already done. I started doing a little bit of dinking around with actually with volume two today. During, during a few down minutes and aligning things with the new formatting rules that I have declared because I'm tired of changing formats and all this stuff. So that that's that in ringside companion news. 
So for today's main topic, we're going to talk about what's going on in our own promotions or with other games that we're using, um, other gaming systems. And then we're also going to put a nice little bow on things with some holiday Christmas shopping for the savvy wrestling fan or just other things we might have of interest for uh, the holiday season. So, Corey, why don't we start with you and your USWA fed uh, and what's going on there? All right. Well, and I'll warn your promoters, I'm uh, a few months behind in um, what, I, what I currently have posted on the discussion board is not what's you know accurate, not up to date. Um, so game months, probably I think of about, about four months ahead. I'm actually at the end of game year 2017 and waiting to do my year-end Supercard, New Year's Knockout. Um, and I've been waiting to uh, play that because I'm doing a few extra specialty matches this year and I wanted to have my ringside companion here uh, to be able to use that and uh, while I, I played through those matches. So um, I've been kind of holding off on it and it worked out well with other responsibilities and things. But so if you don't want to be spoiled, but there's been a few changes um, from what's currently on the board, um, you know, here's your warning now. So um, my world champion is Kevin Sullivan, who is currently on the board. However, there was one switch in between there and you'll find out what happens there. But that does tie into his upcoming uh, title defense at New Year's Knockout as part of a big feud he's had all year or not, not all year, I guess, but for a long time and part of his uh, um, uh, group feud. So yeah, Kevin Sullivan, two-time champ right now. World Tag Team Champions are still the Heavenly Bodies. They finish out the year. Um, they're not going to defend at New Year's Knockout. They're going to be in a six-man tag. Um, but they did finish out the year um, still champions. I think they're up to 10 defenses now, if I remember correctly, in, in one of the top longest positions. I have to go back and see where they are exactly. But they're really, and, and for those who haven't read, this is Tron Pritchard and Chris Candido. And they've just made a really great pair in my fed. They've just done very well. Uh, my Southern champion is Adrian Street. And he's had a great year as well. He's also managed by Jim Cornette. Um, it's just amazed me how, how tough he is. I mean, it's his card I always knew was decent and competitive, but he's beaten some big names, ones that you think were statted tougher and that maybe he'd lose to, but uh, he's been doing really well. He's had a great feud the last couple of months with Brian Danielson, and they're going to um, meet at New Year's knockout for the belt. So we'll see what comes out of that. And then my Mid-America champion, um, that belt's been bounced around a little bit, not not as much as, as other years, but um, right now the champion is Pepper Gomez, who um, hasn't even returned in where I've been posting. He can, he's going to come back as sort of a, an open challenger. And um, yeah, he ends up winning the belt. And uh, well, he, I should say he comes back as an open challenger against Ray Stevens, his natural rival, and um, ends up winning the belt, not from Stevens though. But then uh, he and Stevens are going to have the first ever ladder match in the USWA history at New Year's Knockout for that Mid-America title. So we'll see uh, what, uh, what comes out of that. But um, it's been a really, uh, really fun 2017. A lot of great things going on, you know, since we started the WWWA. And I'll talk about my side of that next too. But um, and no, no offense to the WWWA, but it's been hard to step away from the USWA just because I've got so much history involved in that that I and I want to just keep this thing going and see how some of these feuds 
uh, wrap up. So yeah, that's that's where the USWA is as of right now. And then uh, for my Great Lakes Championship Wrestling as part of the WWWA, um, not too much has changed there. I still got Dan Severn as my Great Lakes Heavyweight Champion. He's been doing well. He almost lost the title in his last defense uh, against uh, Manny Fernandez, but Severin's training partner, Al Snow, saved the belt for him. So that led, you know, both guys are, are baby faces and led to a little bit of uh, uneasiness between them, but Fernandez will get a rematch. And then the Great Lakes Tag Team Champions are the, uh, the Minnesota team of Jim Brunzel and Jerry Lynn. And they've uh, pulled some upsets over the Rock and Roll Express, uh, beat them for the titles. Um, they retained against the Long Riders, and um, they've got a little TV feud going with the Pitbulls, where um, the first two matches went to a 20-minute draw, both of them, and then the third match was an extended time limit of 30 minutes, and in a lot, with about two minutes left, the Pitbulls won the match, so Pitbulls will get a shot at the title at some point here. Um, but upcoming sometime here, uh, we'll have the first appearance of the WWA champion, uh, Ed Strangler Lewis, he's going to come into St. Paul and defend against Dan Severn and, and Severn beat him for the Great Lakes title. Uh, so there's some history there as well. So yeah, uh, that's kind of where things are. And I do have plans, um, kind of not sure when, but um, I do have some tentative plans to add a third championship. Um, and it'll be a, a little bit different format than some of the other ones. So I'll I'll, I'll save that just in case I don't get to it, but um, I, I have some ideas in mind of what I'd like to do with that. So yeah, those are my champions as of today. All right, thank you, Corey, for sharing that with us. Stu, mm -hmm. what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, in my uh, joint promotions fed, my current touring champions are as follows in the in my wwa which has been my historic legends fed uh and i am way ahead of when i'm posting but by the time by the time i actually post what i'm about to tell people anybody who cares will have long since forgotten so um <laughs> in my wwa the world heavyweight champion is currently nick bockwinkle and he is embroiled in a feud stemming from a great tag team match between Bockwinkle and Stevens and Jack and Jerry Briscoe. He is embroiled in a feud with Jack Briscoe. They just had a uh, DQ match in which Bockwinkle escaped with the belt, and I mean escaped, because Briscoe was taking him to school. Uh, but uh, Bockwinkle managed to escape, certainly uh, in, in no small thanks to uh, Bobby Heenan, who interfered uh, timely, or had timely interference to save Bockwinkle from getting pinned, but then Bockwinkle managed to get himself disqualified. He's up to his ninth defense, so this is a pretty significant reign for me. Uh, I mean, an average reign with a top-notch champion in this model is usually, you know, three or four defenses, and then somebody else will manage to topple the champ. But you get up to nine and double digits, it's pretty good, because I'm not using a champion's advantage. Uh, I am with Bach using Heenan's card, which does give him a little bit of an advantage on his pin rating that comes down by one. And when you use Heenan in title matches, um, so there is that. But otherwise, this is a, a decent run by Bach, who is probably, when I look at my WWA histories, my my greatest overall, uh, not only champion but just the greatest overall period in my WWA. He is. 
He has been since day one, the best of all times, as it were, in WWE. The tag team champions are, uh, and this is really one of the first runs I've really given these guys, are, are RVD and Sabu. And I'm having an ECW-esque feud with, uh, they are currently facing, I just do all this together for fun, but it's working out and they've had two DQ matches so far. So that sets up for a, some good heat with the third, which will probably be no DQ. Uh, they're facing the team of Mikey Whipwreck and the Sandman, which I thought would just be fun. So we got a little ECW action going and I have used very little of the ECW inspired cards in my Legends Fed. So this is kind of a first for me. And I may garbage this up a little bit. I rarely use special specialty matches, but in honor of the ringside companion eventually being released, I may have a blow off, <laughs> keyword being eventually, I may have a blow off match between these two warring factions of uh, some type of specialty match. So that should be fun. And my uh, secondary champion is Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Uh, in my WWA, that is the St. Louis Championship, defended, uh, interestingly enough, only in St. Louis. And uh, Jimmy Snuka is the current champion, uh, really not feuding against anyone. Uh, I, I need something to happen. I need a DQ or for him not to have just a rollover victory. Uh, he beat, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I can't. He beat somebody pretty easily in his first defense and uh, defeated the spoiler, I believe, to get the belt. At least I think that's correct. And neither one of those matches was tight. So I'm, I'm hoping somebody will come along, give him some good heat and uh, start a program there that I can work with. So that's my WWE. In my GWF, uh, the world champion is currently Chaos. This is the color version that is in uh, the Future Shock editions. Uh, he defeated Quasar for the belt. Quasar had actually had a pretty good run. And Quasar is one of my uh, my uh, my secret loves in terms of GWF action. Yeah, I like Quasar. I think he could have done more when I was playing just a straight cannon fed and have given him more looks uh, as I've gone to this touring model. But uh, Chaos destroyed him uh, and ended his reign. And Chaos is now on his on his ninth defense himself. He just had a humdinger of a match with Omega, uh, the new card. And that was a five-star match of the year candidate. Um, just he beat Omega from pillar to post, but Omega would not go down. So it was not a five-star match in terms of the evenness of the bout. It was a five-star match for the drama because uh, Omega would not stay pinned to the mat. It was a bloody mess. And uh, by the end of it, finally submitted to a bow of defeat. But that's that's the most trouble chaos has had. There will be a rematch. Uh, it's going to be tough to get the belt off chaos, and uh, but I'm going to have to start to throw some more heavy artillery at him, perhaps with the, the likes of Endgame, Monolith, somebody like that. Uh, he did defeat Pegasus, and I thought Pegasus would give him more of a match, and I was looking for some sparks to develop between those two because they did the first go-round with me. So... Well, you know, and uh, I think that romantic sparks. Well, you know, that's on their own. <laughs> what, what happens behind the curtain stays behind the curtains, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the tag team champions are the troubleshooters currently embroiled in a feud with Stars and Stripes. Uh, that it's two matches old, both have ended in DQs. So that sets up for a nice uh, potential blow off match there between those guys. And the interplanetary champion is Adam Blass, the Future Shock edition, who is currently feuding with 
Skull, who came out, I believe, two editions ago, and I just wanted to use this card. It's kind of a tough card to use, but I, it was in uh, the official uh, GWF storyline when uh, the superhero line was released, Sunman and all those guys. Stoppers or Crime Busters and all those guys. You got it. You got it. Very but good. interestingly enough, Adam and Skull have had a couple of good matches. So uh, the feud is developing there, and Adam is a relatively recent interplanetary champion. So we'll see how long he continues. And finally, in the third Fed, uh, AAW, which um, I'll say that later, uh, is my bootleg Fed. Uh, I won't get into too much of the weeds because some of these guys, people are just not going to know because uh, they're bootlegs, and it's it's left up to promoters' preferences to which bootlegs they want to use. But I will say my champion is Solar Hawk. And we did talk about him uh, when we did the SWA. And uh, oh, good gosh, why can't I? Yes, NGO uh, review. And Solar Hawk is a Hall of Famer for me. He is one of the greats in my bootleg fed. He beat uh, Nature Boy Kurt Anderson, which is a flair tribute from Dale Blomquist's great sets. And I saw yep. somebody was looking for those the other day. Yeah, I, I did yeah. too. Those sets are fabulous. Um, yeah. And Kurt Anderson uh, in, in my bootleg feds history is, uh, has been one of the greats in that fed too. So that was a monumental battle between those two. He's currently feuding with, uh, do you guys remember the ICOF sets, I-C-O-F, um, done by, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Mark. Marcus Vanderzen. That's it. He's uh, feuding with a Chris Jericho tribute by the name of Cal Jericho. So they've had a long feud. for Those guys have been feuding on and off for 20 years in my fans' history. And I, they just always give me a great match. So whenever one of them holds a belt or is uh, doing something of any importance, I match them up. Uh, the tag team is, I can't remember their names, but it's Cool and Warden. Is that Twin Telepathy or something like that? The Carlos oh, Yeah, from the Carlos guys, yeah. Yep. Uh, they were they were tag team of the year out of all three feds the last uh, season just completed. They're having a great run. And then the international champion, which is a secondary champion for that fed, is True Blue, uh, which came out of the Kronos sets as well. Uh, and he's had an interesting match with Son of Sam, uh, which was a good bout. Nice. Yep, that was a decent bout. My nice. begs for a rematch. So that's what's going on in the world of joint promotions. Uh, again, just using the touring champion model, it keeps it simple and easy for me and, and gives me the ability to actually run multiple feds without getting confused. And the uh, WWWA and Star Spangled Wrestling, good Lord, I've almost forgotten everything that's going on there. The uh, <laughs> Jim Londos, <laughs> Jim Londos is uh, proving to be legit in this second title reign with the United States Championship, having defeated Blackjack Mulligan. And defeating Luthez in a decent bout, the second, uh, the last card I had, I believe. Uh, there continues to be a war at the top between, uh, I call them Londos's Legion, uh, uh, old Jim, Dick Hutton, and Bobo Brazil versus the Valentines, Johnny and Greg, and uh, the Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. Still a lot of tension between the manager of that faction which is rock riddle and his in his charges of buddy rogers and the two valentines i don't know what's going to happen there no seriously i don't know what's going to happen there so we'll just wait and see <laughs> it'll be interesting sounds like a, that sounds like a singing group buddy rogers yeah, and valentines it really does they should have gone with that name 
They could they could all do their dye their hair up and do a rhythm and blues gimmick. They could. Fans, they I handed you a gimmick. <laughs> so at one time I had this mapped out, and I really just I should have my notes in front of me, but I do not. But uh, there there are directions for all of these team feuds because uh, I'm playing this Fed straight. Uh, there is a good undercard feud between the Conways and the Terrible Turk and Boris Zukov. Uh, the Turk uh, injured uh, Junior uh, in a bloody match. And, uh, I think it was Junior. I hope it was Junior. It's one of those Conways, and he got he got his revenge, and they, the, the, the tag feud continues to move forward. I could just simply refer to the message board and see my actual posting for this, but no, I'm adding a degree of difficulty. And there's also a fun feud between uh, Rod Fenton and Wild Bull Curry that is going to have a blow-off match soon. As that thing has been, every match has just been a schmoz. So looking forward to blowing that off. So in terms of the big headline stuff, um, oh, oh, and there's a good few good developing between Larry Zabisco and Jackie Fargo, one half of my U.S. Tag Team Champions. And uh, Zabisco on the next card is set to announce a mystery tag team partner to help him challenge the current champions of Crusher and Fargo. So stay tuned on that. But the the big feud to watch is the headline feud between Valentine and the Valentines and Rogers on one side, with Rock Riddle at least currently managing that faction or that stable of wrestlers, versus Londos's Legion. And that was a mouthful, but that's what's going on in my neck of the woods, Chad. I'm going to take a nap. The Legion of Londos, I like it. No, I chuckled when you're talking about the Conways because the first first name that popped in my head was Tim Conway. <laughs> Who doesn't miss Dorf, Dorf on golf? That's that's all I'm gonna say right now. I'm gonna bring him in like the third Fargo, like Roughhouse. There you go. <laughs> Tiger, <laughs> Tiger Senior, Tiger Junior, and Tim. <laughs> there you go. Could do the old man game. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that, would, yeah. that would be fabulous. Wave it and paint it ringside. Or maybe you could have like Mrs. Wiggins come in and you know it's like a valet. Somewhere my dad is laughing. He loved yeah. that stuff. Hey, hey, hey Stu, you know, I just wanted to, to, since we're not limited here to Phil Singer stuff, I know you've had no. that, that AAW and uh, your wrestling's finest fed, you've been posting on Delphi forums. I mean, that's been going for years for you. Um, yes. And you've had some, some recent action there too. I have. And that's why I laughed when I said my bootleg fed is AAW. And then I started this wrestling's finest fed and just called it AAW because I just wanted like a placeholder of a name thinking I'm not going to keep this fed up. Well, seven years later, I'm still running that stupid fed and I have not changed the name. So there are two AAWs in my world, but yeah, that that's also a touring champ model. In fact, I stole the idea of the touring champ model right from the wrestling's finest group. A guy had done this doing some historical replays of the old NWA champions. And that just completed its season, I think it's season 12, I just finished it, with a fantastic feud blow-off cage match, one of the best matches I've ever had in the cage in that game between Jerry Lawler and Kerry Von Erich, uh, an historical feud, and Lawler went over in 40 minutes and change in a match of the year candidate and became the AAW champion once again. I believe it's either his fourth or fifth reign, but yeah, I've been running that fed uh for seven years now it has been a lot of fun if what you see on the filsinger discussion board is the exact same format i do there i won the world champion in the various stops um along the way i do 52 weeks equals a year so that's 52 matches of the world champion i sprinkle in the tag championships and the uh 
the secondary title, uh, which is the Memphis championship in that particular fed um, on occasion, but it's mostly the world champ and then occasionally some undercard feuds. But I, I have always really enjoyed this model. Again, it may, helps me run multiple feds and keep it manageable and obviously keep the focus right on the world championship, uh, which is what I prefer the best, prefer the most. That bed's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm in a lull right now, but I'll be cranking that back up for season 13 here relatively soon. Yeah, thanks for asking, Tim. I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, I I, I enjoy the way when when you go to the uh, the secondary titles or the the tag titles, be like, hey, we've got a little bit of time left in the show, so we're gonna <laughs> so we're, we're, we're gonna go time. to wherever for the you know. So yeah, I, I always like the way you throw that in. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, and I should say, in other games, uh, I am getting the itch to really get going in status pro basketball again here soon. So that that's going to be cracking up. With the advent of basketball season in full bloom, uh, I usually start cranking out a lot of games with that game, too. So that's coming. Uh, I'm in season 37 of that, uh, of my All-American Basketball Association. That is crazy. It is. 37 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Tim, what's going on in your promotional area, your gaming area? Well, since I've most of most of the feds that I've had, uh, you know, for for Phil Singer games are inactive. I mean, my GWF that I ran that that's been that's been closed. That's been shuttered for for quite some time since about the 2109 game year, along with the cash fed, which was my Colby uh, group that uh, that closed down at the same time. My NWF has had the, my Legends Fed has had the doors closed for quite a while. Uh, although I do still go back and, and play a card every now and then, but the champions haven't changed since the uh, the last time um, that I posted anything. Um, but I did about maybe a little over a year ago. I, I decided because I, I, as I've talked about on the, on the board or on the, the podcast here, I really didn't do a good job of playing my initial uh, 2087 and through probably 2091, 92, uh, when I first started playing the game. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm, I, I've got the, the benefit of hindsight here and, uh, went back and started over. Not, 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 I didn't reboot my, my fat. I just, you know, kind of said, I'm, I'm going to just do it completely separate. And it's amazing how many, you know, you've got, you've got some similarities in that. Um, but I just uh, actually closed out 2089. I'm going into January of 2090. And uh, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I probably have more fun playing. I don't post anything because I'm not really, I, I don't really run a lot of long, I don't run a lot of long storylines. I'm just kind of playing to play. So um but all the titles just changed hands like in the last two or three cards. So um, uh, the Galactic Champ is uh, the Galactic Punisher who just beat Thantos. Uh, he won the title at Galacticade. So there will probably be some rematches going on there. The interplanetary title Mesmer took down Bounty Hunter. So that was, I think, a card or two before Galacticade. And then also at Galacticade, the tag titles changed hands again. And Kraken with his 2090 card, because I'm, I'm integrating, I'm bringing in some of the 2090 stuff a little bit earlier. So I'm kind of straddling the years now because I know 
what's going to happen. And I've got the sets, so it's easier to kind of integrate the 2090 set in over time. So I'll do a little bit before 2090 and then for the first maybe six months of 2090. And then I'll start integrating the 2091 stuff. Um, but so it's Kraken with his 2090 card and Genghis Khan just beat the Greek gods who were in, in their fourth title run. Uh, this is the first time that, that Kraken and Khan have held belts. And it's kind of unique because this is the first time that a non-Greek god or gladiator team has had the titles for like a year and a half. Wow. Um, it, it's been the Greek gods and then it was Bruton Massacre and then Bruton Spike. And they've just been trading it back and forth and they'll hang on to it and then they'll match up again and there will be a DQ or a count out and then you could do a blow off match and the title changes hands mm -hmm. and then it just keeps going and going and going so mm -hmm. um, but that's been a lot of fun and I've really enjoyed that a lot that's that's just been a great and I'm using all the original cards so I'm, I'm digging out all the old you know black and white cards from my, the original sets and mm -hmm. um, using the original charts so there's a lot of count outs for those guys that have C, uh, C ring ratings but that's been that's just been a joy I, i've really enjoyed that and it's given me a chance to kind of go back and look at these cards and play with the cards that i i really didn't utilize that well when i started playing the game so um you know that that's been that's just been a lot of fun um i also recently i i, I had the, the future shock, shock sets but hadn't really played and i said meh you know, I want to see what, what, what this is like. So I started with 2115 and I ran about 10 cards over the course of time. There was a title tournament and in the finals of the title turn tournament, uh, it came down to two of Colby's guys. It came down to uh, Taco Supreme and Mandrel. And I thought that was great seeing where Mike has kind of taken this, where, you know, chaos and Mandrel are kind of feuding, you know, there's kind of like this, not, not feuding, but there's some, in inner inner group heat between the two of them mm -hmm. and Ma mandrill actually won the title um it was mm -hmm. one of those matches it kind of reminded me of some of the old chaos matches that i used to have where he would get the level three offense but he kept rolling one two or three and he couldn't get to the bow of defeat and he were like oh and he got the he got the level three offense in the match maybe two or three times but just couldn't get to the bow of defeat and Mandrill wound up taking over and wound up pinning them. So mm -hmm. um, now I, I don't know if I think I think I did 10 or 11 cards. I, I'm not sure there's going to be another card because I just that was really kind of my attempt to just kind of play out Future Shock a little bit and see what it was like. So um, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. And, you know, some of the characters are really, really kind of cool and, and getting into them and that. So uh, so I've had that going on. Uh, South Coast, uh, which is my uh, my, my, uh, the, the WWWA fed, uh, Harley race, just, just who's the, who's the champion vanquished, uh, Ted DiBiase in, in a, a match that I recently posted. So I'm not quite sure where he's going, uh, for his next challenger, probably maybe just staying in that group for maybe a transition match or two, uh, before the next thing, I just need something to kind of kick up to, to, to kind of kickstart his next, uh, real run, you know, against somebody. Um, the tag titles, the Valiants have been going strong. They, they, uh, they're in there against um, the Armstrongs. The Armstrongs have kind of been a, a thorn in their side. So I, uh, I, I like that feud a lot. You know, you got the father, son uh, and the brothers, 
kind of feuding. So, um, and then I, I've, I'm doing the Alligator Alley title, which is kind of the Beat the Champ TV title that, uh, and I posted something about about that. And um, I, I'm I'm a little bit ahead. So actually, Chad's son uh, Carter picked the two co- the, the two competitors that are going to fight for the initial uh, title uh, run. Oh, and yeah, I, I, well, I had him. I, I had the guys listed, and I, I had him pick a couple numbers, and and so. The, the first match for the Alligator Alley title is going to be Brad Armstrong against Pampero Furpo. And we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see where it, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> and, and it should be, it should be a fun one. Um, and then on the undercard, a team that I really had no idea what I was going to do with when I picked them, the Quebecers, they've been having a great feud with the, the flying redheads. So that's been uh, cool. kind of a cool undercard feud there too. So, that's kind of what's going on in, in South coast. I, I know I haven't been posting a lot lately, but that's just, we've been busy with this, with, with this doggone legend set and ringside companion and blah, blah, blah. And so, but, uh, but I'll get back to it at some point. A um, couple other things I'm doing. I, the legends of boxing, which is uh, a game put out by Gary Brown. Uh, I'm, I decided to do kind of like a, a lineal, heavyweight uh title history kind of thing where I'm, I'm taking the guys whose careers the professional careers started earliest matching them up so the initial two guys were jack johnson and james jeffries uh not that james jeffries not the james jeffries oh, just that just other guy. James jeffries. yeah <laughs> sliced bread number two was outlawed for the man gotcha um but uh uh so started from there and i've been going through and uh hot off the presses joe lewis just defeated jersey joe walcott it was uh it, it was a tough one i had to I had to go to rematch because i had a 10 round bout between the two of them and it was a draw and it, it lewis probably should have got it but there were a couple uh, judging irregularities so i did a 12 <laughs> round rematch uh that day the dice you know sometimes they uh they don't quite roll the way they're supposed to so um, so I did a 12 round rematch and Joe Lewis, did a really good fight. Both fights were really good. Um, and won a split decision, uh, over, over Jersey Joe, he, he kept hitting him hard, but, but Walcott just wouldn't go down. I kept waiting for Walcott to just fall on the mat, but he just wouldn't do it. So that's going to be interesting going forward. I think, uh, Lewis has got, uh, boy, maybe Ezra Charles coming up is a tough competitor. And then if he gets by him, it's probably the, the next one that's going to, going to be really nasty. He'll probably be Marciano when he gets to Rocky Marciano. So we'll see how that goes. And then the other thing I do is with Stratomatic baseball, I've got the PC version and I've purchased the hall of fame set. And there are three sets they call the baseball heroes sets, which are guys that were really good, but aren't in the hall of fame. Uh, and also some guys that, aren't in the hall of fame because of various reasons. So you get the Barry Bonds, the Pete Rose, the Shoeless Joe Jackson, the Mark McGuire's people like that. So I've taken those uh, four sets and I do a draft. Uh, it's kind of a keeper draft where you get to keep maybe a 30 year team every year. And, and I'm in my, my fourth season now. And so the, uh, or I'm starting up my fifth season, I'm sorry. And, uh, the, the champions for year four were the Pawhuska Strongbows 
it's a uh, a team the first team that i've controlled that has won the won the championship so that was nice they beat the buffalo herd uh in six games and uh the Buff- buffalo team has won twice they won the first two years uh babe ruth has won he they're in the northern league it's a 16 uh team setup uh two leagues eight teams in each with four in, each, in two different divisions so i've got the the northeast northwest southeast southwest and uh the buffalo team babe ruth has won the mvp in the northern league all four years so it's uh yeah he's it's just he's just so babe ruth i mean it's crazy um but paul huska came through they got great pitching um and we'll we'll see how they do year five i'm about 30 games into that season there it's 144 game season but um right now they're looking pretty good uh the des moines team the des moines impact that i control has has struggled a little bit but um i'm hoping they they come back i've got the knoxville adams that that i control and the uh the rochester royals those are my four teams i've got one team in each each division that i control so we'll see how it goes right now. Uh, you know, like I said, Paul Huska's doing well. The other teams are a little bit behind. Rochester's doing well, but there's another team in that division, not Buffalo, surprisingly, but Toledo uh, that, that's doing really well. So we'll see how that goes. But, but that's kind of the wrap up for different things that I'm working on and little projects I've got going. Draft leagues are absolutely the best in so much as you get to choose the names of the teams and that's like half of the fun. Oh my gosh. Cause when I, I would do it, I did a draft league in basketball for a while and just put them all in small towns and just the nicknames were half the fun. So I applaud you for doing that. That's a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to pick some, some cities that, that I had some tie into. So like Des Moines and um, let me see, I'm trying to think of different ones, but, but, you know, I got Buffalo and, and Rochester since I grew up in Rochester and I'm in Buffalo. So, uh, but I still control the Rochester team, you know, it's my roots. So, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've lost a couple of good players in the draft because I had to make a decision between player A and player B. And, you know, I've lost like Hank Greenberg uh, because I wanted to keep somebody. I lost Chuck Klein because I wanted to keep a pitcher. Um, so you know, it, it's, it's been a little different. I tried to go with a little different build on Des Moines this year, which has been a pretty powerhouse team that the biggest problem they've had is that I've got Mike Piazza as my catcher and offensively he's a beast. I mean, he's gone out there and, you know, he'll win a silver slugger award, but by God, he ain't winning no gold gloves. And, you know, like every game it's like, their other teams just run and run and run and they're stealing bases. And it's like, Oh my God. So I went with a little different build this year where I'm using him primarily as DH and I drafted another, another catcher. So we'll, we'll see how that works right now. It, it hasn't gone that well, but there've been a lot of injuries too. So, but yeah, that's a lot of fun. I, I love playing that. Tim, did you name the Des Moines team, the impact because of impact pro wrestling? Of course I did. Okay, ah. just making sure. Just making sure. Of course, why would I? Why, what other reason would there be? Exactly. The Des Moines has a couple. Had had a couple of cool um, minor league teams names way, way in the past. They had the Des Moines Undertakers, and then also the Des Moines Demons. And I don't remember if it was last year or in nineteen. They did a thing with minor league baseball in May to kind of promote span. Um, Hispanic heritage 
with with different teams. So they they made an emblem right. and whatever demons is in Spanish, and it's probably demons, right, Corey? Or what is it? El demon. Demone. Demone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and they made kind of a cool uh you know emblem for it and everything with that. And you know, it just sold it for like a couple weeks. So it was pretty cool that way. But I do yeah, that's that's I neat. They've done is. some I've seen some of those around here too. It's yeah. really neat. Yeah. You know, one thing that kind of popped up that I I don't think we've had a chance to talk about is um, even off the air is a consortium bought some minor league baseball teams, including the Iowa Cubs. So now people are concerned they're going to move the Iowa Cubs to Chicago and truly have them as a, you know, a farm team in that setting. So I don't know what'll be. I think they bought like seven or eight minor league teams. Um but anywho, so this will be short and sweet. My playing, not playing. I'm working on this stuff. I'm running youth wrestling. I, I just don't have time to play. I um, I still, I'd like to get back. I want to get back. I will get back to my Georgia Championship Wrestling promotion because that was, I had a lot of plans for that and it was definitely not in a linear fashion. Um, and I also want to get back to the, the um, promotion as part of our draft. So hopefully over the holidays, I'll be able to pick up the dice and roll out a few cards. I was obviously building to a, British Bulldogs Midnight Express feud. That's not a, any shock there. Um, you know, as a, as a child of pro wrestling illustrated in the mid eighties, I think that was a match that we all wanted to see. And actually I think Jim Cornette talked about going to the WWF in 85 in his latest podcast as a, like a potential thing. He's doing a thing where if he hadn't gone to JCP, what promotions would he have gone to? And he just touched on WWF and he kind of chuckled about them fighting the Sheik and Volkoff. But uh, <laughs> um, so I'd like to get some of that soon, soon, you know, playing, just playing cards and some different board games with my kids. We started playing this one game. It's like Scrabble, but there's not a board. You just get a pile of tiles and you make words with yourself and try to get through it. It's something, it's got something to do with a banana because the, the, the carrying case looks like a banana, like a pencil bag. Corey, do you know this one? Bananagrams. Thank you. So we've had a good time playing that. Um, we're also big fans of Farco in our house. So, um, or uh, can't think of what it's called. But anyways, um, that that's what's going on here. We're going to quickly hit on some, some Christmas ideas. Um, you know, one thing I'm looking forward to is I asked for a new office chair. So hopefully I'll get that. And I, a large box arrived at our house. So I, I'm, I have a good feeling about that one. <laughs> Um, wrestling wise, I ordered some DVDs from Rock Riddle. You know, my wife and I are the age where we buy things and then we just say they're for each other. Um, so, um, or not Rock Riddle, Rock Rims, the author of the California stuff. He had some California DVDs. If it were Rock Same Riddle, thing. I really would be interested. <laughs> oh, I, I'd buy a four DVD set of Rock Riddle as well. Heck yeah. I mean, there might be some Rock Riddle on the Rock Rim stuff, so I'll have a report on that too. Um, yeah, other thing, I don't know. I'm pretty, pretty content with what I got. Not the, you know, the book I'm looking forward to the most is is Brian Solomon's Chic biography that's supposed to come out sometime next year. Um, but yeah, gentlemen, anybody else have any any holiday wishes, Stuart? I got some recommendations I can make for the holidays. Okay. Uh, besides eggnog. Besides eggnog, well, I got plenty of eggnog recommendations. Um, All right. I got one wrestling book and then a couple of basketball books to dovetail on our basketball conversation we had a couple months ago, uh, especially for people that are looking to learn more about the history of basketball. 
the the basket or the wrestling book I would recommend is a book called Too Sweet. It's by Keith Greenberg, and it's it, it's a uh, good discussion about the independent or the rise of independent wrestling. And it goes back really to the roots of independent wrestling, which is a lot further back than one might think uh, in terms of when one hears the word indie wrestling and associates it with what's been going on the last 20 years. There was independent wrestling a long time before that. And the book is, is uh, I have not finished the book, but it is a sweeping look at how we got to where we are now, which is the rise of AEW. Um, and AEW owes a lot of its uh, success really to Ring of Honor. If there's no Ring of Honor, then there is no AEW uh, in, in a lot of respects. So it's, it's, a, it's a well done book. I'm not done with the book yet, but if you have any interest in today's modern scene and how the landscape has dramatically changed and how we got here, then I highly recommend it. This is, this is the same author who did uh, Ric Flair's biography uh, and he's done a number of other things in the wrestling world. I think does a pretty good job. Um, I got a couple of basketball books I would recommend. Uh, one is uh, so big it functions as a nice doorstop. But if you like uh, Bill Simmons, who's a rather irreverent uh, sports writer, uh, used to be on ESPN, now he does his own thing. He wrote The Book of Basketball. So if you want a real soup to nuts uh, work on basketball from its beginnings to, uh, to the modern game, uh, I cannot recommend that enough. It is not a small work. It is bordering on 800 pages, but it goes through uh, every great player that ever picked up the round ball. And it is just incredibly well done with a fair amount of wit, which is, I like Simmons for that. He's funny, uh, fairly irreverent as well. And I just like the way he looks at things in terms of the world of sports. Uh, he's got a podcast too, but this that is dovetailed off this book. But the book of basketball, I would highly recommend. And then two other books by the same author, his name is Terry Pluto. Yes, just like the former ninth planet in our solar system. Uh, the first book, if you are interested at all in the crazy league that was the American Basketball Association, I mean, it was crazy. It's a book called Loose Balls, which is a fantastic title uh, about the ABA and its entire history and it's an oral history in terms of he interviewed many many players from the old aba days uh, we had an aba franchise where i grew up in richmond the virginia squires where julius irving actually plied his trade when he first came into the pros and george Kirvin. so they were on the same team but it was it's a really well done book again it's an oral history um, where these players go year by year talking about the league that was the aba he did the same thing for the NBA with a book called Tall Tales, only he, he, uh, he narrowed his focus in on the era of the 1960s, uh, which is when, when many legends uh, roamed the court um, in, the, uh, in the NBA to include Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Bill Russell, et cetera, et cetera. It's also an oral history told by the players themselves who were interviewed by the author. And it's a fascinating look at, at an era in the NBA that's somewhat gotten forgotten, unfortunately, with the, with the modern game. It was a different game. It was a lot of run and gun and big men still dominated. But it was a, it was a fantastic game. And I, I can't recommend that book enough. It's just really well done. And if you have any, history, any interest in the history of basketball, uh, all three of those books that I just named would, would get the job done. So those are my recommendations, Chad, for 
gifts to be under any sports fans Christmas tree. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Stu, for all those great ideas. Tim, you got any ideas? Uh, you know, I could use some socks. Lump of coal for everyone? Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Nah, you know, I mean, I think uh, one of the things I just heard about was there's a, going back to some of the boxing stuff, um, two things I, I've actually just heard. So so the last boxing game that I've been playing, Tabletop, now has PC version. So I'm interested in maybe checking that out and seeing what's what's going on with that. And then um, I think it's I think it's available at uh, ASG Games website is the the thing. It looks pretty interesting. It looks like it's uh, kind of cool and plays just like the the tabletop. So um, I also saw that uh, there's a, a a book out on the Spinks brothers, Michael and Leon Spinks, which I think they were a couple interesting characters uh, in, in the boxing world that, that's had a lot of interesting characters. So um, I'm thinking about trying to find that and pick that up. I don't have an author or anything. I just actually heard about that today. So looking at, at maybe trying to find that and, um, and pick that up. So, um, you know, Mark James, I, I just, I, I love those books and I need to, to get through them, but I've been reading a lot of mystery novels lately and I want to, I, I hate to, have 20 books piled up waiting for me. I like to get maybe two or three. And then once I get through those, then I, I get into the next thing. So I, I kind of went from the wrestling kick into the, the murder mystery kick. Um, and uh, another recommendation, I know I talked about the Thursday murder club previously, uh, but another good one that I'm reading right now is called night film, which is uh, a, about a, the daughter of a, um, uh, kind of an oddball uh, recluse of a film director and kind of a David Lynch, M. Night Shyamalan, Roman Polanski kind of way where he does these horror movies that are very disturbing. And um, But his daughter committed suicide, but is it suicide? And it's a whole, but it's been very good so far. I really like the, and I think it's the, the woman that wrote it. I think it's only her second book. So, but that's been very good. I think any of those would be, uh, would be good gifts for people if they uh, are interested in any of those topics. But other than that, I think that's, uh, that's all I got on the, the wish list. Cool. Corey, you have anything you want besides your two front teeth? No, honestly, I don't really want a lot this year. I'm very content, very blessed, but I am looking forward to that chic book that I think Chad mentioned. Um, I don't think that's coming out yet. I think it's early 2022, but um, whenever that does come out, I hope to get a copy of that and, and, uh, read into that. That's a, a, a bio and a story I would love to know more about. So, but, um, yeah, other than that, I can't think of too much. Hey, very good. Nothing wrong with being content and very happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I heard about when I was listening to the Bowdoin Berry podcast, that might be up some years, Ali, is a book called Paper Tigers. It's about, um, how was this? In like 1915, we'll say, Ty Cobb got suspended when he attacked a fan, when the fan called him a racial slur. And um, you know this story, Stu? There's a, fa- there's a famous story. He went into the stands and almost killed a guy. Uh, yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So then he got suspended. So then the rest of his team walked out in unison. 
So then they hired all these scabs for basically one day to fill in and be the Tigers or something. So uh, the guy who wrote it is also a wrestling fan. So yeah, it's called Paper Tigers. I guess you can find it on Amazon and stuff. So it, it sounded cool. kind of interesting. Yeah. And I definitely liked the um, the the book you were talking about with the, with the CBA. You know, I have the USFL book that I bought last year and I'm still halfway through. Um, and <laughs> interesting too, you know, one of those one of those alternate takes on things that I'm always fond of. So very good. Okay, well, I think we're going to go ahead and, and wind things down here. Um, and as soon as I get back to my show notes here. All right, uh, Corey, why don't you go first? Thank you, brother. Thank you for hosting tonight. Uh, I want to give thanks as well to uh, our fellow community content providers, um, Sam, Todd, and Mike over at Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast, Grant Bachoco and the Phil Singer Games fan podcast, uh, Steve Tower at After Further Review, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling, Lee Long, Free and the Dizzy Dice podcast, and Brock Atkinson at Brockster Builds on Twitch. Thank you once again for putting out so much great content on a regular basis. And uh, just thanks everybody for clicking and listening. All right, very good, Corey. Corey, thank you so much for being on tonight. Poor Corey, you know, we do this over Zoom. He's been gradually kind of slumping over in his bed while we're recording. So hopefully he'll pop an IV here as soon as he, <laughs> he, he looks half fired dead, man. So yeah. this is really a Herculean effort. I am yeah. still alive. Yeah. It's kind of like when Stu sometimes his camera moves and you only see Stu from the mm. nose up. We got we have that view of Corey right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, all right, Tim, what do you have? You know, nothing, nothing this week. Uh, just uh, saddened at the passing of Mike Nesmith. I was a big Monkeys fan. And so it was uh, very sad that, that he passed away. He and Mickey Dolans were my two favorite Monkeys. And I, I'm glad I got to see both of them, you know, a couple different times or three different, three different times, I think, uh, over the course of the, their reunion tours since 1980 something, 85, 86. Um, most recently I saw the Mike and Mickey show that they called it, uh, in, in Cleveland. And it was just a great show. Cause they, they did some rarities and kind of went for some deep cuts and some things you don't always hear. So I thought that was great. So I'm, I'm glad I got to see him a couple times. Um, but other than that, just, uh, you know, just glad to be here and, uh, uh, just want to thank everybody for continuing to listen, uh, for whatever reason and, uh, hope uh, you have a uh, uh, you know a great week, and we'll uh, we'll be around next time. All right, thank you. I just want to take the opportunity to thank everybody who listened and made comments. Um, let's see, we got Lee, Kevin, the butcher, Pete Fusco. Thanks again, Pete, for all your help with the ringside companion, just collecting a lot of that stuff. Malice lover, Dave, Ken, Toaster Boy, and check out his Memphis project on his his uh, YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. Um, Matt Dickendisher, uh, Pariah. Aplex, WH Lineup, our friend Will Harrison. And Will, thanks for your fundraising efforts for the Hall of Fame. The Faction, Tournament Master. Um, tournament Master, I have to say, no, we're not doing a ringside companion of bootleg matches. I Somebody else can, but I resign. Um, we have a new commenter, Doug. Thank you, Doug, for commenting. We appreciate that. Sinestro24. Um, you know, just I think in, in yeah, Equal opportunity time at some point, we need a Green Lantern to comment, not just Sinestro, but maybe someday we'll get there and have some equality between Lantern factions. 
And then just a reminder, I think Brian Vanderwall still has some auction items out on eBay. I know they've, um, between him and a couple of his brother's friends, they've raised quite a bit of money to get a new lift for his brother's vehicle. And, you know, his brother has Parkinson's disease. So this is, it's very hard for him to get around. Um, but even if he doesn't have any auction items um, that you're interested in, if, if you are able to help him, you know, he's been a, a long time promoter since the original days of Club Galactica and a good friend. Um, you know, please, please donate if you can or donate to whatever causes are going on. I know there's a lot of people struggling, so there's always a lot of good causes to, to donate to. We're not short for that. Certainly all the cleanup efforts in the six states affected by the tornadoes need a lot of help too. So, um, you know, if you're blessed enough to be able to do things like that, please consider that. And I think that's all for now. We're going to say goodbye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, I didn't what? do my shout outs. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, Stu! I'm sorry. That's all right. I don't take it personally. Uh, oh my gosh, it was my it, and it was nothing certainly against Denmark. I, I was going to say Chad would be getting surly emails and, and I've got and, to uh, say that things oh my gosh. Denmark. So it, it might be anti eggnog. <laughs> that is that is true. But all right. the first, I had one uh, two. Well, two quick shout outs. And then I have one question before that to Tim. Were the monkeys real musicians to start or did they they learn over time? I mean, because they were well, manufactured for the show. Yeah, they so the the wrecking crew, you know, the guys uh, like Hal Blaine on drums and, and uh, Louis Shelton uh, on guitar and all those guys, they pretty much did the uh, all the, the playing and then the guys just did the vocals. But um, uh, Mike Nesmith and Peter Tork were actual musicians, and okay. and so then Mickey Dolan's learned to play the drums, and and uh, David Jones I think played a little guitar too, um, not you know super well or anything, but and and Mickey Dolan's learned to play the drums because the show went over so big that they wanted to get them out on tour, so they actually had a tour. Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of stories about where they really playing when they were on tour and all that, but that's, that's a whole different matter, but they did learn. I mean, Mickey, Mickey was a pretty, I've seen Mickey play the drums and he's, he's pretty, he's pretty solid. So, um, but yeah, they, they, they basically acquired that over time. Although I think their, uh, their producer had to play the bass on, on one of their albums for him. So, um, but, but yeah, they, 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 Peter, basically it was Peter and Mike that were the musicians in the group. Got it. Uh, in terms of shout outs, uh, I, I thought it appropriate and I thought it very cool that Ring of Honor in its last show for the foreseeable future gave Jonathan or uh, put the world championship on Jonathan Gresham. Uh, I, I thought Jonathan Gresham in this last run of Ring of Honor was pretty instrumental to whatever success they were experiencing, really put that pure title on the, on the map. And he's become one of my favorite wrestlers on the scene, period. Uh, really technically skilled. Um, if you didn't know anything about professional wrestling, if you didn't know it was a work, if you watched one of his matches, certainly with pure rules, you might think it's legit. I mean, he's, he was, he's that good and he's that skilled. And I thought it was really cool for him to win the world title. Second shout out is yes. Keep, keep those folks in those States in your thoughts and prayers. I mean, just looking at that devastation in Kentucky, I just, uh, there are no words to describe that. And I just, you know, you think about it, what if that were you? And what if that were your family? And I just cannot imagine uh, And looking at that tornado at, at night, light 
lighting up with the lightning and how terrifying that must have been. I just, you know, all thoughts and prayers go out to those people. I mean, that's just a horrible thing to have happened, obviously. Other than that, uh, I will say good night, Denmark, and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. If nobody else did, I did. <laughs> Corey, Corey, I think, was sleeping at one point. He may have been. Poor, the medicine's taking Corey. effect. <laughs> he was so... All I see is the top of his head. Yeah, he's <laughs> thinking. He's like the horizon. <laughs> yeah, that, that, third bottle, that third bottle of cough medicine really put him out. It's just yeah. knocked him on his keister. That's what he's been drinking instead of eggnog, I think. <laughs> I'm okay. Lisa, put an umbrella in it. Pop <laughs> a Robitussin on the rocks, please. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for listening to us, for putting up with us. And, um, you know, we appreciate you listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Uncharted Territory. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Hey promoters, it's Corey again, and we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topic suggestions, or any other comments, and we might include your audio in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. Again, tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. You can click the message button and record up to a one-minute message, and we can include that in a future episode. Or you can email us, either audio or a written question, at our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Him to paraphrase the great Zorak, I think you need a lozenge. <laughs>